Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Uh, today, David Morrison and I um, break down another quote. Last week we had a Bono one. This week, uh, Einstein, and um, kind of kick around this idea of um, why do we still have religion? Will religion ever become obsolete? Um, and the, and then just this. Uh, how beauty, wonder, and awe play into um, this idea of religiousness. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Netty at Monk Drums. Uh, that's what you hear in the background. TheRuined.com is a place to go if you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community. DRCRPod.com is a place to go for other episodes of this uh, podcast. Also, wherever you found this uh, episode, all of our other episodes should be there as well. And lastly, dreamwalkerway.com is a place to go to pick up uh, David Morrison's book, Desolate Beauty, The Book of Light and Shadow. And please tell a friend if you enjoy what you're hearing. Uh, word of mouth and social media always helps us. We appreciate you and let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. David Morrison. Hello, sir. Dispatches from The Verge. Indeed. We're in The Verge. We're surrounded by musical instruments and amplifiers and speakers. Yeah. It's like a rock band took this place over. It smells like <laughs> discarded fast food. Shout out to The Midnight Drive or something like that. <laughs> um, how are you today? I'm a little hazy, a little sleepy. Late Night Drive Home is the name of the band. The Excuse Late me. Night Drive Home. Okay. I was close, but missed it. Um, before we turned on the microphones, we were kicking around this idea um, sort of twofold. <laughs> One, would religion ever become obsolete? And then on the other side, Sort of like because we we uh, as a society sort of um, I would say overestimate our our logical abilities, but see ourselves as such a logical society. Why do we even still have religion? Um, and it it prompted you to think of a of a quote. So two weeks in a row, we're going to lead off with a. With a little quote action, um, and I think read read both parts. The setup, the telegram coming in. Okay, and, yeah, I'll and just his, read from and, and his response. So, Mr. Morrison, take it away. Alrighty, yeah. So I'm reading a book called "The Future of Faith" by uh, Harvey Cox, and in chapter two, I'll just read uh, this quote from Einstein. In 1930, Rabbi Herbert S. Goldstein, a prominent leader in the American Jewish community of New York, fired off a telegram to Albert Einstein. The rabbi did not waste words. Do you believe in God? Stop. Answer paid 50 words. The telegram was prompted by a public altercation that had arisen when Einstein published a statement that to the consternation of some of his fellow scientists, he always referred to himself as religious. He had written, the most, this is, and this is Einstein's response, 
The most beautiful emotion we can experience is the mysterious. It is the foundational emotion that stands at the cradle of all true art and science. He or she to whom this emotion is a stranger, who can no longer wonder and stand wrapped in awe, is as good as dead, a snuffed out candle. To sense that behind anything that can be experienced, there is something that our minds cannot grasp, whose beauty and, and sublimity reaches us only indirectly. This is religion, uh, religiousness. In this sense, and in this sense only, I am a devoutly religious man. I am, I am a very religious man. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess just to lead off what, uh, when you first read, the first time you read that, what was, what what sort of, uh, did that, uh, what was your reaction internally to that? Yeah, encountering I, that? I definitely felt a witness, as they say, in my spirit, reminded me of, and we've talked about it, I think, we might even have a title of a podcast uh, called The Gift of Wonder. Maybe, I don't know, but it, it reminded me of uh, another uh, rabbi, uh, 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 Joshua Heschel, mm. who said, "You know, I, I didn't ask God to become wealthy or famous, but what I did ask God mm. was for the gift of wonder, and God gave me the gift of wonder." And uh, you have a good memory. So- Episode thirty-four. Oh, so we did talk the gift, about it. The gift of wonder. Oh, all right. September 28th, 2021. Wow. So it was a while ago. <laughs> You're in Africa. Here we are. <laughs> and so, yeah, so the question is, you know, will religion ever become obsolete? You know, there's, that's always been a, a theme, uh, particularly beginning in Europe with the Enlightenment mm-hmm. in the uh, late 1600s, 1700s, and... Here's, you know, <laughs> and, and the facts are, in, uh, or the numbers, if you will, uh, you know, where are you talking? So in the Western world, in Europe and, and uh, somewhat the United States, uh, yeah, church attendance in Christianity is declining. Um, but, you know, and there are some long-term trends, you know, well, uh, but... Last week we talked about it too, and we talked about specifically the around the wealthy nations, right? Like yeah. it seems specifically in the wealthy nations that the uh, uh, what's it called the engagement with religion is on the downside. Yeah, and I, I think India is the most populated country at this point. I think they surpassed China. I thought I heard that somewhere. China and religion isn't going anywhere. <laughs> India is the most religious country in the world mm-hmm. and diverse religions, you know, Christianity's there, different Christianities, mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of Hinduism, Buddhism is there. It's the birthplace of Buddhism, uh, Jainism, uh, all the other. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, you could, it's incredible. Yeah. Then the Islamic world, uh, you know, throughout the middle East and, and throughout Africa. And so, so yeah, so it's kind of a, a misleading statement. Will religion ever become, obsolete in that sense yeah there there'll be brands that will come and go um as as there always has been throughout history yeah exactly so 
there are many, many lost Christianities, if you will, uh, in world history. Mm. So, yeah. Um, and I guess one of the things, um, kind of going back to that idea of wonder, um, and I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this side of it, but has there been ever been a time, even if it was a short period of time, where you felt like you've sort of lost your wonder and your awe in and around just the world or your life or what, you know what I mean? I, I don't think so. I mean, there are times I've been bored, mm-hmm. um, but I've realized with boredom, if you just accept boredom for just simply being bored, uh, amazing things can happen. You right. know, new creativity can come up. You know, we're probably in, as, as an entertainment culture, we're more terrified of being bored than we are of actually dying or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And so accept so boredom. Yeah. And so, and, and so, yeah, would religion ever become obsolete? I guess if they figured out it's just a gene manipulation the gift of wonder is just a, mm. a, a a kind of a manipulation of of your uh, your your uh, mind's workings, uh, and it just gets demystified completely by medical science somehow. Which I don't really see that well, happening. I was going to say even even so, in that even if it was like, uh, oh, you're saying that you can manipulate a gene if they to if, cause wonder. Yeah, so if that happens, or if they found the origin of it, that it's just simply a genetic thing. uh, Well, it's funny because I feel like even with that, even if they're finding it's a genetic thing, you would still get, it wouldn't be religions based on these deities. It would be a religion on how your gene, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I have this gene and this group of people, you know, like if we were to divide up ourselves in in like blood types. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for, for an easy... Example like oh I'm part of the the O positive group yeah. or church or whatever you know what I mean and because one of the things I was thinking about as we were kind of going back not I mean just as we were brainstorming topics was so maybe you know maybe Christianity United States the or not not Christianity but the attendance at church I think is it's a specific thing to. Uh, to be very specific about that, yeah. but other thing, other ways of connect. So, like CrossFit has become a church, right? Yeah, um, cult. How, however, you look at it, and well, no, I, I mean, <laughs> I think culture, like like CrossFit's actually a positive thing, right? People get it, like working out and getting in shape is actually a good thing, yeah. Right? Except and, for the people around them. What's that? <laughs> Except for the people around them who are not in CrossFit. Wow. <laughs> They're a pain in the ass. Anyway. <laughs> but you know, who do you know in CrossFit? Nobody. <laughs> I cut them all out of my life. <laughs> but um, I left Facebook years and ago. So, well, even, I mean, so even Facebook, right? Like that's a, that's a type of religion at this point, right? The way the algorithms work and put people in, in yeah. their little echo chambers and like so even even social media has become a kind of a church but anyways but so like this idea of like gathering you know church always uses the word fellowship which is like a weird word for me because it's like just a gathering of people right have now manifested in different ways whether it's crossfit or yeah who i mean you could you could find all sorts of examples of um 
because people need connection, right? Like that's yeah. the one thing, you know, we can go without food. We can go without, um, like if you think of the worst punishment in jail, it's solitary confinement. That's the worst part. You know what I mean? Like they right. put the worst to worst in that right. situation because our, um, oh, what's the word? The animal need for community. Yeah. Right. Like we're communal, communal beings, communal, communal animals. So once you, um, isolated, you know, it doesn't take, I think the only thing that's wor that wears on someone quicker. And I just from, I think there's studies out there is like lack of sleep. Yeah. I think that drives people crazier faster, but, um, so even then, I don't know if church, maybe church in the way we see it, you know, like you're saying, there's been many different brands over the years. Yeah. And it just changes, you know? And so we're not, see, see the, the, the thesis was uh, from the enlightenment was that, uh, the more empirical we become, the more logical we become, the less we need superstition mm. and that kind of thing. And, uh, but we're not logical. Right. <laughs> the human race is not logical and we're not evolving to become logical. It's, it's just not, we're, we're complex. We're, we, we're but, logical but, and we're emotional. And, but we like to think we're more logical than we are. Yeah. Which I, is a sham the, that our, our ego plays. I, I think the, and I know we've talked about it. We haven't done a full episode, but that, the Jonathan. Hype yeah. Book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so the cutting edge research is showing, yeah, we make, we make our opinions and our so-called convictions based on an emotional response to something. And then we build the scaffolding of logic afterward. That That's a pretty crazy thing, you know? Yeah. And if, and I've taken courses and listened and read books on, the deceptiveness of the human mind, mm -hmm. you know, and the logic, the fallacies that we, that we follow. And, you know, some are benign, you know, uh, you're watching a, a basketball game and uh, a player hasn't hit a, a hoop yet. And so we say, well, he's due. Well, no, <laughs> the numbers say he's not, he could in a, in, in the randomness of reality, he could never, it's possible he would never, hit the basket again. Mm -hmm. It's also possible that he would hit every basket. And so randomness is, is a very strange thing and our brains don't deal with it. Well, well, and it's, it, uh, and that's just one example. No, well, it's funny because I, I was actually listening to a podcast last night and the the actual conversation was around football. And so there's, there's a team right now that they're doing really well, but and I, I don't know the exact mathematics behind it, but basically tracking the lucky breaks that have gone their way, mm. they should actually be a, like a 500 team. So the, the comparison was someone at the blackjack table who has hit black 10 times in a row. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was funny because it was like one of those things, the person winning in their mind, they're going to continue to win. Right, because when you're yeah, yeah, when you're winning, fallacy, yeah, you don't yeah. start thinking about losing, right? I'm on a hot streak. Yeah, there's no and, such thing. And they were talking about how the casino, if they, if you know, if this made up thing happened, the casino would do everything they could to keep you playing. So offer you a free room, offer you, right. you know what I mean, food vouchers to keep you inside the casino because over time 
you're going to lose that money yeah. back to the casino. Exactly. <laughs> but we don't think of, you know, as the individual, we don't know. Well, some people I'm sure do, but yeah. in general, you're not going to think about that when, when everything's rolling in your direction. Yeah. Um, so to go back to the, um, um, Einstein quote for a minute, uh, one of the things, um, could, right. Cause he's looked at and, and he's looked at as like this amazing and it's a He's a genius, right? He's considered a genius and he's yeah. considered a scientist. And when you think of those types of people, it's like, Oh, they're very logical and, and, um, things of that nature. And, and, and it's probably why the guy who sent the telegram kind of challenging him on this. Yeah. Yes or no. Yeah. This religious thing. It, it felt very much like a, a Jesus parable, right? Where they're trying yeah. to back him into the corner. But, um, so I'm not comparing you to Einstein, but <laughs> no, that's good. But in your endeavors in life, how valuable or important has this being able to maintain this sense of awe and being able to recognize beauty? Um, how has that served you throughout your your different endeavors, whether it was teaching or publishing a book, yeah. or, you know, what, or even you know, or even sitting down and having these conversations, whatever. Um, can you think of ways or a, you know, even if it's just one specific way, those, those types of qualities, cause I guess as an observer of you, I notice that you, you do notice those things, um, you know, whether it's art, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever it might be. Um, I see you introducing those things, um, in your life or engaging with them in your life. And, and just how has that served you over the years? Yeah, I, I would define that as faith. The sense of connectedness, a sense of uh, overwhelming beauty, a sense of wonder, a sense of awe, uh, no matter how that comes, is I would define that as the experience of faith. And so it's, it's in its raw form, it doesn't need beliefs. I know that's shocking, you know, for a lot of religious people, uh, but I don't think... Uh, the early Christians, I, I don't think they uh, they weren't obsessed with beliefs, having right. the right beliefs. They were trying to figure out what, what the hell just happened. Right. Uh, <laughs> what, what is going on what, here? What did we just with? What did yeah? Us and and how does this fit in our you know our story as Jews? You know, mm -hmm. it started as a Jewish sect. You know, and so uh, so that's that's kind of yeah. It's the experience of faith itself. And so, you know, has that always been with you? I think so. Yeah, it has. I remember in my dream life early on, I remember one of my earliest, one of my earliest memories, uh, probably before I was five years old, uh, my, uh, my mommy would put me down for a nap, right. which I hated, you know, during the day, a nap that was just like, uh, trying to play, but I would have the same dream. I remember having the same dream over and over again. We were, my family was on a desert plane and the clouds were moving over very fast, just like in the perfume commercials, you know, <laughs> that fast, fast going clouds. Like a time-lapse almost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then a, an indecipherable word would be spoken over the horizon and this line would come across over us and this sense of awe would come over us. 
No, it was like, that was before I was five years old, you know? And, and this was a uh, reoccurring dream, you said? Yeah, it seemed like every time I fell asleep, that's, that, wow. was, that was always there. Uh, Do you, have you continued to have it as an adult? Has it ever popped back up? No, not really. Yeah. But I, I've sensed it. I've sensed the feeling of that, mm, you know? And, interesting. Uh, you know, and, the, and when I was more evangelical in my persuasion i would i would interpret that as uh eternity the values of eternity were imparted to me that's the way i would say it as a proud pentecostal charismatic god downloaded uh <laughs> the principles of eternity yeah. into me the values of eternity well it's funny too because i think as a kid you were probably more open to those types of things I think, yeah, I think most kids have yeah. these experiences. I think you just forget them. Because uh, it's it's funny. What, what I'm thinking about is, as we're talking about this is, I so I'm the opposite of you. I don't feel like this has always been part of my, my life or my being. You know what I mean? I've kind of yeah. had to relearn it as an adult. And, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, well, when this podcast lands, a couple of weeks ago, the, we had a podcast about the Van Gogh experience yeah. um, and just being blown away by that. And, you know, I, I could see myself experiencing that at like 20, you know, give or take a couple of years and just being like, oh, OK, this is OK, <laughs> wonderful. And the sense of awe and yeah. um, seeking out beauty, um, yeah. even, even like around music the last few years, trying to seek out. Cause I like listening to the same shit over and over and over again. Yeah. And so like, you know, maybe once a month I'll, I'll make myself go down a rabbit hole where I'll try to find some, um, just not popular songs. Right. Like usually I, yeah. I try to look for older songs, you know what I mean? And then just, um, go down a rabbit hole of things that either, uh, sound, sound similar, right. Whether it's like, so like the other day I was going down like a folky type, uh, rabbit hole of, of artists I couldn't even tell. They weren't popular artists, right? They were like yeah. quote unquote no name artists, and just going, you know, spending an hour just like flipping through stuff and like reading up on them a little bit. And absolutely, even ten years ago, that's not something hmm. I would be open to doing. But just recently, just being and just you know just really listening with this example just really listening to the songs and whether it's the lyrics or you know the baseline underneath or the yeah. drums and just being blown blown away like how do humans even come up with this you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. and it's you can look at that in all facets of life whether it's film art music yeah. um you know and even the crazy stuff we can do with technology now um so for me, it's 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 interesting to hear about someone like yourself that feels like this has kind of been part of your makeup for yeah. you for your life. Whereas like I've kind of had to relearn to get in that, and you know, and maybe some might argue that as my faith has grown, because also faith is something that I've kind of be kind of been reintroduced in the last fifteen years, you know. And it, it's interesting that for me, it's as my faith is growing, sort of this. Uh, engagement with awe and beauty yeah. and, and uh, creativity has also been growing in a similar way. Yeah. I remember when I was maybe seven, eight years old, you know, I had a 
we had these things called record players back then. <laughs> Played vinyl discs, these black oh, vinyl discs. Oh, the things that DJs scratch. <laughs> <laughs> They're making a comeback, I guess. A lot of kids listen to vinyl now. The hipster kids. Uh, but I, I remember, yeah, I had a, a you know a phonograph, a record player, and and, I was, and you know I had I had the usual the Disney story stuff, the storybook stuff, and. But then finally there came a day, I don't know how this happened, but somehow uh, I was able to, I guess I got it for my birthday or for Christmas or something. You acquired an adult, An adult album, a big person album. <laughs> a real life album, man. And I chose the soundtrack to a movie called Car Wash, which, which, which I don't think I even got to see the movie. It was a rated R movie. So I don't think my parents took me to it. That's so interesting. Uh, and hearing that song by Rose Royce, uh, I want to get next to you. <laughs> I want to get next to you. And uh, and it just stirred something so deep inside of me. And I, this feeling of, of just being alive. Uh, it was it was a, it was an amazing experience. And so, yeah, the, so those early. And I think the key is to not separate or compartmentalize it. Well, this is religion. This is a religious experience and mm. this is not. Uh you know, and uh, I, I think it's just a life experience. You know, just the experience of being alive is the religious experience. Yeah. And you know, and I know religious people have a problem with that. And and I'm well, like, I would say, I would say also the other end. Um, yeah, yeah. Extremely get, logical people would have. A yeah, problem yeah. With, you get with that statement as well. Yeah, exactly. You're you're too, and that's been my case for most of my life. I'm too religious for the non-religious oh, yeah, yeah. and I'm not religious enough for the not holy enough for the, the religious people. And, and I, you know, and now I'm 54 and I've, I'm just like, well, go live your life. Go do you yeah. leave me, leave me the hell alone. You know? Well, it, it's so interesting. And we've, we went through a, I don't know, like a two or three month period where it was like, it kept coming up in, in our conversation around, divinity coming into human form right right the, the christ story yeah the incarnational you know and, and which it seems like just that that sentiment of, of just being alive is a fucking religious experience yeah exactly man. just uh, so i had a, so the, so this week my grandmother she thought she was having some heart stuff so she ended up in the hospital and turns out she's fine but i called her and we had this conversation, you know, it was like a normal quote unquote, you know, just, oh, how are you doing, grandma? You know, just sort of check in. Yeah. And then it, it, it shifted. So where she lives now is like a little apartment and it faces sort of northwest. So she doesn't get to see the sunrise. Hmm. And this past week, the way her room was situated, it was situated to the east. Well, during this conversation, it slipped into her explaining this beautiful sunrise that just, it absolutely <sighs> blew her fucking mind. Right. And she's, she's 96 years old. So she's seen everything. Wow. Right. But just the simplicity of seeing, you know, where in Crucis, it comes up over the Oregon mountains. So just seeing the sunrise over the mountains, which mm -hmm. it does literally every day, but her to re be able to re-engage with it. And just, you know, you're, you're in a hospital room. You're not going anywhere, yeah. you know, and, and, um, you know, I, I have that, I think you're similar this way, but the sunsets, 
you know, you and I are usually not awake for the sunrises. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a super but sunrise the, guy. But unless the, it's summertime. The sunsets, <laughs> you know, at our at our at our place are just mind blowing, right? Yeah. And so, but to hear my grandma, the excitement of my grandma explaining the sunrise that wow, she experienced earlier cool. that day was such. It was such a. Um, I don't even know the emotion it was because it was just it was it was just like a hell yeah, grandma. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. It's just like, and it wasn't necessarily that it was my grandma. It could have been anyone in the world describing this sunrise to yeah. me. And it was it was the joy she obviously embodied experiencing it and then passing it on to me right and um and it you know that just you saying that like just being alive is yeah. the spiritual experience right just just you know having us and it, it it's i think it's true for all human experience but for us specifically we're alive now yeah right and to be dropped into this time on this plane you know, with these circumstances, um, it doesn't get any better. For a very short you know, period of time. Very short period yeah. of time, man. A blink of an eye, a blink yeah. of a freaking eye. And, and just the relationships, you, you know, that was one of the things I was thinking about last night. Like my friendships. Like I love the friends I have in my life. Like I, I it's such, I don't know. Like I, it, and it was nothing profound. I just, I had a phone conversation from, with one of my buddies last night and I, and I hung up. I was just like, damn, like I'm really blessed to have, you know, like us to be able to yeah, sit down yeah. and have these conversations every week to like be able to reach out to dudes that I've known throughout different periods of my life. Right. And just be like, Hey man, how are you doing? What are you doing? You know what I mean? And dude's walking around home Depot cause he's going to do some house repairs or whatever. Yeah. And we just have a quick conversation and go our separate ways. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's such a, it's yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, and the sense of deep time, what they call deep time. And I remember even in childhood, you know, they'd tell us about the dinosaurs and just, you know, it's wow, you know, millions of years ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that that sense of, yeah, the of of the ancient, you know, that kind of thing. And so Well I, we touched on this a little bit last week too, but just as um the like the idea of lineage, right? Mm. And kind of like <laughs> Oh yeah, lineage versus being original. Yeah, and like well, just in this context of like uh it, it, it not really what I mean, but like oh, you need to respect your elders, but you know, sort of what you're talking about of like this is the deep elders, right? So right, like right. obviously like the people around us, but then even, you know, 10, 20, 30 generations removed yeah. of, you know, of people you know, the great thinkers like uh, Einstein, right? Who, who yeah. pondered some of this stuff in the, in the, you know, the, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're starting a new, uh, we're going to start a new pathways to presence with um, uh, Thomas Keating, right? right? You know what I mean? And so sort of, if you think about the, like the lineage of, of monks and stuff that he came from, right? right. You know, and, and just, how it all impacts us, right? Maybe not even uh, consciously, right? Like there's right. people from that have impacted your and I's life that we don't know anything about. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and just being being aware of that and, and I mean, sh showing respect to that kind of seems like a, a weird way to phrase it, but just, just honoring. That. Yeah, witnessing it. 
beholding it and acknowledging it somehow. Yeah, it's very powerful. It's a very powerful thing. You know, and the thing about Einstein, and, you know, and I'm, I'm not a scientist, so I could be me, misrepresenting. Me, surprise, surprise, <laughs> me neither. I'm not a scientist or a theologian, so, you know. You are that. an author, though. You're a published author. <laughs> That's <now>. right. <laughs> Respect me. Get the book, dreamwalkerway.com. <laughs> Support our LLC. So anyways, so... Um, yeah, so when, about when he was a young man, apparently, you know, from documentaries I've seen and what I've read about him, um, he kind of daydreamed mm. these visions of, you know, a guy, sta- you know, someone standing on a train platform and lightning strikes. Right. And and so the the theory of relativity and other things that he pondered were all... Uh, almost in the, from the dream world, mm. you know, from his dream life as he was bored. Again, boredom. Uh, I think he was some sort of a clerk. Yeah, uh, in a patent office. Patent office, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. he's just bored out of his skull and he's, and he's, you know, probably drifting in and out of dream sequences with these uh, mental images of, uh, you know, diagrams and things like that, these visions, if you will. And then he spends the rest of his life mathematically seeing if those were true. Seeing if the the math bore right, out, right, 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 right. spends the rest of his whole life doing that, and that's an amazing thing. Um, well, and it and it's also one of those things that like a high percentage of those things ended up being bored out by the math. Yeah, like the, he was able to prove. Oh yeah, in his some case, of those yeah. Things. yeah, 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 and and then even some of the things he wasn't able to prove. Other scientists have yeah, later later down the line again lineage yeah. yeah with 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 different information and and um, more knowledge of the universe I guess would be yeah. a, a way to put it but yeah the lineage right yeah so he was able to put some and and even people before him right scientists before Einstein were able to lay the foundations right. of things so that he could do some of the math that of of these visions or yeah. dreams or whatever else. And so there's always this gift of wonder, you know. I, I don't, from what I understand, we don't even really know what gravity is and how mm-hmm. basic is gravity. Uh, I mean, we know what it is, but we don't know where, you know, what's what's behind it, that kind of thing. And so, uh, so then just take something more esoteric, like what is consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Um. And and so I guess we sometimes go down this path too. So I'd be interested in in your perspective. But one of the things from the Einstein quote, uh, and correct me if I say it wrong, but basically to lose that gift of wonder, it kind of snuffs out the the flame of life. Yeah. Um, and so for someone, and, and maybe we both can tackle this, and I'll let you go first. But for someone that it's kind of at that place where they're, you know, they're extremely uncomfortable with boredom or they feel like, you know, wonder is a thing of the past. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and um, what sort of things would you um, suggest or, or things that have helped you step into that place of wonder and, and creativity and, and um, have that as part of your life? Yeah, I, I think it's you know, I think it's always happening. It's like Annie Dillard 
said great acts of beauty are happening whether you notice them or not. Right. So, uh, I, I yeah, it is easy to get to to fall out of it and mm-hmm. and to just be trudging along with your life and you know and you're just existing, you know. Uh, and certainly, clinical depression is that you know, uh, where you can't be moved by anything. You know, mm-hmm. you're not feeling anything. So those. Those are difficult things. Uh, and so I would, you know, in those kind of extreme cases, and they're extreme, but they're not uncommon. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I, you know, I would, I would suggest the basics. Stay hydrated and try to get sleep. Uh, try to move. Try to go outside, change your surroundings. Uh, meet some new people. Uh, put yourself in... Uh, a new situation that's not you know dangerous yeah yeah, because a lot of people do that in order to feel alive they have to do i remember one time i was at uh as a teenager i was climbing around uh, waco tanks Mm. and i was on a a rock formation probably maybe 30 40 feet up and my balance kind of went back and my hands i noticed were off the rock Mm. and then i slowly came back and then all of a sudden this feeling a physical feeling of being alive so I think people can get addicted to that. So they put themselves sure. in danger. Yeah. So I'm not saying that I'm, I'm saying new situations, uh, uh, learn something new, these very simple things, you know, uh, you know, and just keep trying away at it, you know? Well, the, th- the things that popped in my mind were like, uh, public spaces, like a park, go sit at a park and just, yeah, like, exactly. walk, just watch, um, call you, someone that you haven't talked to in a long yeah. time, you know? Uh, museums, you know, and, and, um, I know it's becoming more popular, but you know, if you, you know, some, some museums charge and not everyone can afford that, but there, uh, a lot of cities do have murals. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if, if you can find a mural, just go sit, sit and look at it Yeah. for 10, 5, 10, 15 minutes and just, you know, notice every detail that you can notice in that yeah. mural, you know, and, and, um, uh, Oh, and then what you're saying, nature, Yeah, you know, just put, sure. go, you know, go set up at the beach, go, you know, go find a forest, go find, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and just be in that, you know, it, it, and sometimes for me, a novel sense of nature, Yeah, you know, so like I live, I live, you know, we live in the middle of the desert and I, I, I personally love the desert landscape. Yeah. But there's something when I drive up to Rio Doso and sit in the trees. Yeah, it does something different. And just sit there and it's like, oh yeah. shit, this is incredible. Or yeah. go to the beach, you know what I mean? Yeah. Go sit on the beach for an hour, you know what I mean? And just just the novelty of being in a different landscape, even yeah. though my favorite landscape, I think my favorite landscape to be around consistently is desert landscape. I yeah. just, it, it, feels as ho- it feels like home to me. Um, but that doesn't mean that the novelty... You know, and then even what I was talking about earlier, the exercise I've been messing with, with the music, Yeah. you know, yeah. just forcing myself to listen to something. Um, and not even like there's types of music I really don't like, like screamo. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not interested in that. So I'm not saying like, go look, you know, go listen to music you don't like. And, but like no. on the fringes, you know, so I've listened to a lot of rap and hip hop music over my life and they sample a ton of music. Right. And I found a website that lists, you can type uh, in a song, okay. the popular song, right? And it'll list 
the sampled song. Yeah. You can actually click on that song and it'll list all the different songs that have sampled it. And um, that's I've used that yeah, a couple times to be like, oh, I love this rap song. What's that song underneath? You know, and that's probably taken me something from Blue Note Records, probably. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it just it there's there's so much beautiful stuff, and we, you know, with the advent of the internet and the advent of technology, like it's a yeah. lot more at our at our fingertips yeah. um, if we want to take advantage of it. Yeah, it's it's just you know I was remembering this last week we were sitting in the centering prayer, the twenty minute, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about with the pathways to presence. Yeah, what's the name thing. of the book again? Uh, open Heart, Open Mind yeah. by Thomas Keating. Open Mind, Open Heart. And uh, when this posts, it'll be... So next week, we'll have the first episode of the new Pathways to... Yeah. Pre- so the, the one we did for 2022 was a Richard Foster book. You can look those all up. They're all posted. Yeah. And for 2023, we're using the Open open Heart, Open Mind? Open Mind, Open Heart. Okay. Uh We'll use it as a map, I guess. You yep, know, not, exactly. a, not so much a book review, but a map of. But yeah, we were sitting there in the silence, and and uh, a, a thought came up in the middle of it for me, uh, of uh, a, a video clip that was going around. It went vi- one of those viral video mm-hmm. clips from right. It was a while back, years ago. Of uh, and people listening probably have seen it. It's a. It was a. I think something was going on with North Korea. There's always something going on with North Korea. <laughs> Those freaking North and Koreans, man. The BBC <laughs> was interviewing some professor. Uh, he was an expert in in those matters, and and he and he was obviously, uh, you know, via Zoom or probably back then it was Skype. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And good old Skype. And he's and he's in a bedroom, but he tried to set it up like he had a map behind him pulled down and books on his bed to make it look, you know, and then all of a sudden his, his like toddler daughter comes in the room and she's just the happiest little girl you've ever seen. She's got glasses and she's just walking (laughs) in. And then for some reason, the baby, it was in a, one of those Walker things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somehow figures out, uh, seems like too young to figure that out. But so then the baby comes in the room (laughs) and, and he's, and he's trying to push the, his daughter when she's right in the camera and right. And then, and then the, the mother comes and she realized, oh shit, I left the door. Whoop, whoop. So she comes running in and grabs both of them and they're screaming and yelling. And then the door pops open again and she's on her, she's on her hands and knees and she reaches up and slams the door shut. And you still hear them screaming and crying. Right. And, uh, and so that, that memory came up and, and this absolute joy just went through my um. body as a result of, cause I didn't, you know laugh out loud or anything i just let that like kind of explode in, in inside my being you know the joy of just being uh that uh, little girl just being a little girl yeah just know, experiencing baby, life. just simply being a baby was a, a powerful thing so yeah i forgot why i brought that up I, i'm trying to say this is re- these are very simple things mm-hmm. if you allow them to flow over you you know and then i looked it up the the clip up I hadn't seen it in years and years well, and I think too, so th- that kind of goes back to that simplicity of, um, you know, we were talking about like going to a museum or sitting in a public place and, you know, sort of these novel things. But even even once again, the podcast Silence and Service, yeah. just sitting in silence 
Yeah. Um, and allowing your, you kind of allowing yourself, it kind of goes back to that boredom thing, but just allowing yourself to like have those random thoughts and just like let them wash over you as, yeah. as they pop up, you know, for five, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you yeah. know what I mean? Whatever. Um, you know, if, if you don't do that regularly, probably starting off with less time because <laughs> right. you can get right. pretty, pretty freaking antsy. Um, sitting down for 20 minutes straight in silence isn't always the easiest thing if you haven't done it in a bit. Um, but even, you know, even two minutes. Yeah. Or just go know. sit in a city cathedral, mm-hmm. you know, just go sit down and, and check with, it out. You with know? no agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, I, I know I've shared this on the, on the podcast a ton of times, but for me, it was, uh, my last year at ASU, um, I didn't live within walking distance. So I drove a lot more that semester or those two semesters. And I would get places early and I would make myself sit in my Jeep, no phone, no music, and just sit there, Yeah, you know, and, and, um, and sometimes I would time it because I still had to be places, but, you know, and it would one, two, three minutes and just sit there and let, like you're saying, like, you know, funny memories or like, no, you know, nothing at all or, you know, yeah, and sometimes yeah. the other, the other side would pop up, right? Sad things or, you know, yeah. maybe a reminder of something I had forgotten that I needed to do the next day or something. And so sometimes it would be, um, uh, constructive type thoughts, but you know, sometimes it was just nonsense and randomness and, yeah. um, and just kind of let my mind be my mind, um, instead of having to be engaged every, every second of every yeah. waking minute. Um, you still have a little bit of time to go. So I don't know if there's anything else, um, from the, specifically from the Einstein quote or, or anything else that's uh, kind of churned up inside of you during this conversation uh, that you wanted to hit on. Yeah. I, I think religion can help you if, if it's done right. Like Richard Rohr says can help big if, but yeah. 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 But it, but it can help uh, um, when these kinds of emotions come over you like sadness, sadness can be so deep that you think uh, you can't see anything but that, and you th- and and you can become confused to say uh, this is who I am forever. Whereas whereas spirituality and religion can actually help you in that sense, and you realize yes, I'm sad, uh, but it's only a feeling. It's simply a feeling. It doesn't have mm-hmm. the final say of everything. It doesn't have the to end be your of the personality. Day. And you actually see that internally. Mm-hmm. You actually can see it. And it, it's a huge help, you know. And uh, and most people, you know, and maybe it's just a therapeutic trick. Maybe it's the spirit of God. Maybe it's, you know, yeah. faith. I don't, you know, I don't know. Because uh, I, I integrate all of those things. Yeah. So, Yeah. Well, and the thing that popped in my mind when you said that thing about if it's done right. Um, yeah. And I don't think I've really thought about this. So it, it it might be a little rough, but for me over the last 10 years, more or less, I, I think I really started my interest in and around spirituality was to get to this place of answers. Hmm. And to get, you know, to get the right answers and on the quiz, because, you know, like I was a good student growing up, you know what I mean? And so I know I can be a good student, blah, blah, blah. And I think if spirituality and religion is done right, 
from my experience, it actually facilitated something shifted in me where I got to the point where sometimes I still want the right answers. You know what I mean? Like get to the end or whatever, but actually truly it's about facilitating the next question. Yeah, exactly. And, and, um, being able to engage with the next question, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, I think our, our friendship has, has helped me with that. Um, other, you know, other people, uh, who I have conversations around spirituality. No one has told me like, whoa, 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 no, this is about asking the next question, mm-hmm. you know, in such a direct way, but it just, it sort of evolved. Um, and one of those things that's been there the whole time, but it just took me the time, yeah. you know, everyone's on a different timeline. Right. And so I had, I had to come to those terms on my own. Whereas, you know, one to 10% of me is like, once the right answers, but but it but a much bigger percentage of me is just wants to facilitate the next question. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's when religion and spirituality is done right. It's it's there's a um, community or a spirit that's um, facilitate uh, not facilitated but um, fostered. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. uh, cultivated to allow for that next question because everyone's on, on a different path. Right. And so everyone, everyone's questions are a little bit different and at different times and you, you know, you revisit them and so on and so forth. So I think when done right, that, that there's a big part of that. And, and the questioning part, it goes back to the whole quote in the first place, having that wonder and that all. Yeah. Cool, man. (laughs) You feel good? Yeah. I'm still tired, but yeah, that was a good conversation. Okay. Um, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening and tuning in to another, another conversation of desert rain community radio, uh, dispatches from the verge. Thank you, Mr. Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia. That's what you hear in the background, monk drums and anyone else dreamwalkerway.com for haiku books theruin.com for desert rain community drcrpod.com for this show and others and uh i think that's it there we go appreciate you brother appreciate you appreciate everyone listening good night good night now (laughs) 